The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown. To zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown podcast and radio show. Today, I'm speaking with Mira Jane from Toronto. You probably know her, though, from Instagram as the Green Mum. That's the British spelling of mum, M-U-M. It's nice to speak with a fellow Canadian who's also living zero waste, but in a different city. Toronto has a number of green programs around the city, and last year I even went to a zero waste festival there. You can also see trash cans all over the city with recycling and food scrap options, which is a great start. And Toronto has a municipal curbside food waste collection program, just like Ottawa. A huge step to going zero waste is composting. So those programs will prevent tons of methane from entering our atmosphere at a later date. And it will alleviate the overcrowding of local landfills. Even if garbage is incinerated, the ash still needs to be buried. So Toronto's doing super well with reducing their waste, and uh, we're going to talk to a local. So here is Mira Jane, the green mom. Hi, Mira. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you again uh, for waiting. The ice out there is absolutely crazy. So uh, for our listeners who live in like warm places, <laughs> I'm like happy for those people right now because <laughs> it was crazy. I don't know what that feels like. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we get quite a long, a long winter. Toronto seems to be a little bit warmer though because I'm a few hours away. So mm-hmm. it's the temperature is always a little bit warmer there, which is good. Um, I'm sure it is. I went to school in Kingston. I know they get more snow and it's colder, but when you live there, it doesn't feel any better. Did you go to Queens? Uh Uh-huh. Nice. What did you take there? I took biology and Spanish. Oh, that's so cool. Is that, are you like of Spanish background? No, I'm of Indian background. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Um, yeah. You know, we had we had someone with Hindu background on, and she said that going vegetarian was so much easier for her because it was just part of her culture and growing up. And that way, like her mom and her aunts and everyone was always making like delicious vegetarian food. So for her, it's like she doesn't even have to try to get it out of her diet sort of yeah. thing. Well, I was actually raised a vegetarian, so it's like 10 times easier for me because I've never really been exposed to eating meat. Right. Yeah, that's what she was saying too. So are your kids vegetarian as well? They are. And my husband converted as well. Yeah, we work on it, but uh, my son's First Nations and he loves meat so much. So (laughs) we... I think it is, honestly. So we go, like, I go way out of my way to just make sure it's, like, the most sustainable we can get. Like, we get a chicken from a Mennonite family that, like, raises it ethically and responsibly and stuff like that. So um, I think there's different different ways, yeah, of doing it. So, so Mira, you have, um, like, this Instagram page, which is super awesome, and it's the Green Mom, right? Yeah, it's the Green Mom. I use Instagram as my blog space. So I call myself an Insta-blogger. Awesome. So, yeah. so yeah, your page is super cool, and you've got really good tips for for going healthy and well, thank you. and going green and stuff like that. So, when did this all start? It started for me in March of 2018. So it's almost been a year now, and 
uh, I had some friends come over who have their own blog and Instagram page um, at Sustainable Jungle, and they kind of just opened my eyes to what they were doing and more just their way of living. And as a person who thought I was eco-friendly before, at first I was like, oh, I'm probably doing a lot of the same things. But they actually opened my eyes to so many kind of global issues that I didn't know existed even, just for lack of education. And so I started doing my own research and looking into things more, and I realized this whole movement of zero waste and low impact. And um, I realized I could do so much more myself, so I decided to start my own Instagram page kind of from the lens of being from Canada and being a mom. Um, mm-hmm. And it just kind of has snowballed in a positive way from there. So just kind of focusing on day-to-day things that we can do to make our lives easier. You know, you're a mom too. You know that having a children is time-consuming and can be difficult. And so kind of balancing being green with the joys and tribulations of being a mom as well. That's so awesome because there are so many issues with zero waste with kids. And so Mm -hmm. I found it to be easy once I got the momentum going. But but when you when you go to kids' parties and you you know, you go to school and stuff, there's so much garbage around kids Mm -hmm. that I think is completely unnecessary. Um, did you use cloth diapers for your your kids at all? Yeah, so my youngest daughter is uh, just over one and a half right now. Oh, cool. Yeah, so at about six months, we switched her to cloth diapers, and uh, we've been sticking with that ever since. My eldest daughter um, is too old for diapers. She's four and a half. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we use cloth diapers during the day, and we use a compostable bamboo diaper by night. Oh, wow, that's so good. Oh, good for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. night is different because if you if you have a leak at night, then you need a lot of work at like 4 a.m. to get up, change the sheets, change the bedding, and like do something with your crying baby. And yeah. then, you I know. must be clear, sleep is king. The environment yeah. is so important. But if you're not sleeping, you can't do anything for the environment. Right? In the first place, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There are some basic needs and, and basic like sets of democracy and stuff that we need first. <laughs> yeah. before Let's we get can... our priorities straight here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah. The cloth diapers that I used were absolutely wonderful and they came with these mm. nice cases and like not a case, but a cover, I guess you'd say. Yeah. So yeah. you could use the, the cover over and over again and then use the cloth. But uh, airplanes yeah. were one time where I would use the disposable diapers because an airplane is not the time that you want to be dealing with being covered in pee on a long flight. Or like sinks in like close quarters, right? So Yeah. And then depending on where you're going, you'd have to – like I would keep a Ziploc bag so I could put the diaper in a Ziploc bag Mm -hmm. um, if it was dirty and then like take it home. But Mm -hmm. yeah, the diapers are are interesting. So good for you for switching to that while while your daughter's at home. That's awesome. And healthier too, I think. I do too. Yeah, and more and more research is coming out to prove that kind of thing. And actually, just learned yesterday that Pampers has come out with a with a pure line, which is kind of like less chemicals, less bleach, and everything. They're still plastic, so not for me. But I'm glad to see that industry is starting to listen to us in some ways, at least. Yeah, that's that's really good. And I heard that Toronto can actually compost those plastic diapers. Is that true? Yeah, it's true to a degree. I don't want to knock the city of Toronto because I think they're doing a lot more than most and they have some really interesting plans in the works, which is fantastic as well. Um, 
so what happened what happened was i think also in an effort to reduce waste the city of toronto decided that they were only going to do garbage pickup once every two weeks oh wow um yeah, and I think that is a really important message that, you know, we shouldn't be creating so much waste that it has to be picked up once a week. Mm-hmm. But then what ended up happening is parents started complaining, saying, I have to hang on to these soil diapers for two weeks, and that's too long. And anyone who has had a soil diaper for longer than a week understands that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they did was they found a way to compost part of the diaper and so that that way parents were able to put their diapers in the compost, which still gets p- picked up on a weekly basis. And so what ends up happening is the plastic and the absorbent chemicals from the diapers gets removed right away from the compost heap, and those do go to the landfill. And then the cotton liner and the, the fecal waste or urine stays in the compost, um, and that's what gets broken down uh, into compost. But... From what I understand, um, Toronto does not necessarily have a high quality of compost because of that. Omnivore compost doesn't make the highest quality of compost. So we are able to compost them, but one must keep in mind that a good chunk of it still goes to the landfill. And, mm-hmm. and I, I assume that it would probably be a little bit contaminated with some things. So I wonder what they use the soil for. This is like the stuff that I think about all the time. Mm-hmm. No, it's important because, you know, when we think of a circular economy, we should be thinking about, I mean, not to sound too preachy, but we should be thinking about, you know, the beginning uh, and the end of the product. So if you're buying a diaper and saying, okay, well, I'm going to put it in the compost, well, where is it going to end up? Half of it's going to end up in the landfill. And then what what is the quality of the compost we'll be making for it? And is the compost actually being used? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what happens to it afterward? I wonder that with recycling too, because we're finding out now that a lot of our recycling is just going overseas and Mm -hmm. it's just sitting there overseas or Story of Stuff came out with a post showing that a tofu factory was burning plastic bottles for fuel. I don't know if you saw that or if you follow Story Mm -hmm. of Stuff. They're great. Uh, Story of Stuff. Okay, I'll look into that. Yeah, the Story of Stuff project. They have a new film coming out too with Rob Greenfield, so that should be pretty awesome. But um, yeah, that's interesting. Thank you for finding that out about Toronto because I'd heard and I was like, no, no way. (laughs) Are they composting diapers? How could you? So I wonder if they have someone on like a sort line picking out diapers. (laughs) Like, how would you how would you advertise that job? Like, would you like to pick diapers out of? I think it's a machine that does it. I hope so. Uh, sorry, I know it's a machine. That does. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Diapers are pretty, they get pretty gross. So I can see yeah. the problem too with them sitting around. Yeah, yeah. The minute we're done with the diaper, we don't want to see it again. So. Yeah. For my cloth bin, I started with a diaper service and didn't like it. So I bought my own. But the diaper service gave me a plastic bin and it mm-hmm. had a hole. Like in a the, carbon filter in it. Exactly. Yeah, like the mm-hmm. the fish tank carbon filters. Mm-hmm. And that was really awesome. Is that what you use as well? Um, we had a carbon filter. I mean, probably a little extreme for people, but I just didn't like the material it was made of. And I didn't like the idea that I don't know how I'm going to dispose of this responsibly afterward. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we don't get it anymore. I actually find I don't notice anything as long as I have that big plastic bin. And as long as I close it, I don't find there's a stench. Mm-hmm. Until you open it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair. Let's not lie. <laughs> but then I just put the diaper in, close it right away, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. My mom did that. So when I I had the bin 
out west because I was living in BC. And then mm-hmm. she would take care of my kids when I, or I'm sorry, my kid when I would go to sea when I was in the Navy. So mm-hmm. she didn't have the filter. She just used a blue bin too, like a plastic mm-hmm. bin. And mm-hmm. yeah, I remember opening it and you kind of, <laughs> You kind of sit back a little bit when you when you open it, yeah. but but the diapers come out so clean, and I use soap nuts, and I was I I was astounded and astonished that the diapers could come out so clean with just those soap nuts. Uh-huh. There's still a bar now too. I know, and you can get them in your own container, which is so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that what you use as well as the soap nuts? No, I use uh, a combination. Sometimes I use laundry soap that I can buy in bulk. And I also buy from Canadian Tire a laundry detergent that's made in 100% recycled plastic from a zero-waste plant over in the States. Oh, cool. Yeah, I actually called them and asked them about, because, you know, wary of greenwashing. What brand is it? I think it's called Ecos. I think it's E-C-O-S. That sounds like a good one, too. You use the shampoo bars, too. Do you have a, mm-hmm. a favorite one that you use? Yeah, I recently a post saying, you know, I haven't really landed on the, the right shampoo bar for me because I, I was using a brand that was working really well, but then they were using a little bit of palm oil and some chemicals that I'm trying to eliminate from our house. So then I tried a couple kind of all natural ones and they just didn't work for my hair. I've heard mixed reviews on them, but for me, they did absolutely did not work like a hard no. Um, and then someone, actually uh, uh, several people had recommended the bars from Unwrapped Life. So they're a female-owned company out in Alberta. So mm-hmm. I had two of those shipped over, the conditioner bar and the shampoo bar. And so far, I really like them. Oh, good. They are more costly as well, but they give you tips on how to make them last longer. And I'm not a, I don't wash my hair every day as it is. So yeah, I'm really happy with them. Oh, good. That's awesome. It took me two years to find a shampoo bar. So if you're listening and you're struggling with it, it's hard. And, you know, all of us women have such different hair. Like there's so many different hair types, which I think is really awesome. And it's just all about finding the right one for you. And I I think hopefully that one day one of the big shampoo companies will – you know, use their lab or whatever, or their money to research and be like, okay, this this shampoo bar is for straight hair and curly hair and, and all these different types. And then you don't have to like buy 50 bars and take two years to find out. I know. I give all the rejects to my husband and he, he uses them to think. But um, <laughs> the, I, I life is pretty good. Like the one I have is to hydrate your hair. And so they do have like a, a bunch of different kinds that you can – so kind of what you're saying, they've already kind of started – tailoring them to different kinds of hair. But, you know, because they're in Alberta, I had to ship it over and all the shipping minus the Canadian Post sticker was paper. Even the tape was paper. So it's all recyclable or compostable. The one that I found that finally worked for me, because I have super Mm -hmm. greasy, straight hair. So I have Mm -hmm. to wash mine a lot. And the one I found was like a lemon bar from Lush. And I actually went on like a six-year ban of Lush because they had this stretch mark cream when I was pregnant and it had parabens in it. And while I was pregnant, I found out what parabens were. So I was like kind of mad at Lush for putting putting that in like a a product for pregnant women. So Mm. I kind of boycotted their products for a while. But the lemon one, if you have greasy hair like me, (laughs) the lemon one (laughs) will probably help with that. What about like toothpaste and toothbrush? Have you found any good solutions for that? Yeah, so for the toothbrush, my whole family, we use bamboo toothbrushes now. You can get one, a bamboo toothbrush that has 
compostable bristles and then you can have one with nylon bristles. Mm-hmm. The problem from what I understand about the compostable bristles one is that it wears out in about a month. So I, t- I thought about it for a while and I said, you know, if I had to buy a new toothbrush every month, to me that is a lot of waste as well. So we do the bamboo toothbrush with the nylon bristles and at the end of its life, which for me, I don't even know when to get rid of a toothbrush, but I my first one, the bristles actually started falling out. So that was at about six months. Oh, wow. um, then you just use some pliers and you pull out the rest of the bristles and those do go in the garbage and then you can compost your bamboo stick. But you can also reuse it for some interesting things like um, I've seen people use them for like little planter heads and for crafts and stuff. Yeah, and so that's, that's a good thing. idea. Yeah. Like, instead of popsicle sticks, you could just like exactly. write tomatoes or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. And then for toothpaste, I make my own. So I have a, it's, the recipe's on my Instagram, but it's a combination of coconut oil, xylitol, and baking soda and some essential oils. And that actually has been approved by my dental hygienist. I told her what it was about and she said she would ask her mentors and she came back to me and she said, I think it's fine. And then I Good. used it for three months and then I went to the dentist again and I didn't have any problems with my teeth. They had no complaints whatsoever. Um, and that particularly works because xylitol is like a, I'm sure most of you know, is a sugar substitute, but it actually fights cavities. Oh. So when a, when a bacteria that would normally cause a cavity in your tooth eats xylitol, it dies. So my cool. dentist himself was recommending a toothpaste that didn't have fluoride in it, but had xylitol in it. So yeah, that's what I use. And then um, I tried my daughter's on some natural toothpaste available in, in a glass container, but they didn't like it. So we are actually just using the run-of-the-mill chemical-laden, fluoride-filled stuff from shoppers right now because obviously brushing your teeth is better than being chemical-free and not brushing your teeth. Mm-hmm. Getting a little long-winded, sorry. But what we're <laughs> going to do is we're going to buy a zero-waste box from Carousel for bathroom products. Oh, I have one of those. I have the kitchen one, though. Yeah, I love the kitchen one. Yeah. We have the kitchen one, too, but... Yeah, we we decided that our next one's going to be for the bathroom as well. Oh, good. Because you can take yeah. like, you know, a, a year or whatever to fill it up. Those things are great. So those TerraBox, TerraCycle boxes are what makes my household zero waste because it just picks up those little odds and ends. Mm-hmm. So it's really good. Um, I put my gum in there. Oh, good. You your, yeah, you can put your used gum in the zero waste kitchen. I'm a teacher and so I have these horrid memories of teachers talking to me with coffee breath. It's really important to get my breath when I teach my students. And so gum was something I wasn't willing to put off. I found a couple of biodegradable brands. They just didn't quite work for me. And so the zero waste box, as you said, it just catches, it, it, lets, it lets you live your life somewhat normally and catches all those little odds and ends that you're just not willing to give up yet. Exactly. Just like twist ties around carrots or uh, little tabs or or something like that. You know, it's funny about the coffee breath because I distinctly remember teachers leaning over to help me in school and being like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> okay. Thank you for validating that. I really think, and I, I tell my students, they, they get upset. Miss, you're chewing gum. Why are you allowed to chew gum? And I say to them, trust me. <laughs> yes, I definitely can validate that. Some of the teachers were very bad with that. Yeah, um, I have one. I'm one. I'm picturing one in particular right now. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say her name because she was nice, but she had yes, crazy uh, coffee breath. I actually switched to mints when I found out gum. Well, when I when I wanted to do zero waste, I didn't know you could put it in the kitchen box, so yeah. I just cut that out because I didn't want to use it. But I use mints, so there's 
one kind of mint in like Canadian grocery stores by the checkout and they come in those aluminum containers. Uh-huh. And so I know that those can be recycled or you could use them. I, I actually keep them and put seeds in them um, uh-huh. in the summer. So I find that's that's good too if like you're a mint person. You just chew mint? Um, well, I just like put them in my mouth and then they disappear, but they make my breath all minty. Which is... Oh, mint. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I thought you were herb. Oh, like just chew on the plant? Yes. yes. <laughs> then um, you'd have it all stuck in your teeth and then your kids would think you're just as bad as having coffee <laughs> breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm also on this like no sugar kick or low sugar kick. So I did consider mint and I thought I'm just going to like triple my intake. I don't have stinky breath, by the way. <laughs> I, I do like my caffeinated beverages. So. <laughs> well, that's one thing I didn't like about the mints is I don't really know what the ingredients are. And mm-hmm. it would be cool if there were more healthy mints. And occasionally, like if I'm in the U.S. or something I'm at some, you know, organic store or something, I might see some specialized mints. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it'd be nice if there were there were better ones. Because you are a coffee drinker, I, I take it. So do oh, you yeah. do it zero waste? Do you have like a, a good coffee routine in the morning? Yeah, well, I, I'm more of a tea drinker, but um, yeah, I have a, I have a, for both coffee and tea, I have a good zero waste routine. For coffee, I buy my beans from Bulk Barn, and then I have a coffee grinder at home, so I grind them, and then I just use my French press. And for tea, I have tea that I also buy in bulk, and then I have those little metal steepers, mm-hmm. um, and then I just put the tea in there, and then I put on my kettle. I just recently switched to a metal kettle as well, because nice. uh, I didn't love the idea of heating up water and plastic. Right. And uh, yeah. I just steep my tea in those. Just for anyone, I'm sure everyone, not to sound condescending, but just to anyone who doesn't know, there actually are small bits of plastic in almost every tea bag you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why avoiding the tea bag is, is key. Yeah. Last summer, I spent a long time picking out tea bags from my parents' garden. So they had this compost and they spread it around and then mm-hmm. you could still see the tea bags. And they look like pieces of cloth kind of, but it was because it was that plastic. So it wasn't breaking was it down. Was those um, pyramid-shaped ones? So those are supposed to be more of the worst I th- ones. Yeah. I think they're polypropylene maybe Mm -hmm. and so they shouldn't be as dangerous for your health but we're kind of not really sure but they weren't actually these were just regular like tetley tea bags like whatever my parents were drinking and I kept telling them that they were plastic and sometimes it takes a while to get people especially your parents to like believe you (laughs) so we put them (laughs) so we put them in a, a bag and I had this big bag of them and I brought them back and and they were pretty shocked to find out. But I don't know if they switched to loose leaf. <laughs> they probably didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to follow up on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do the same thing. I have a French press. And I've seen you can get coffee grinders that are hand grinders, but they're like $80. Mm-hmm. And I already have one that plugs in. So as long as my plug-in one works, I'll use a little Zap Energy every morning yeah, to yeah, grind them up. And I, I get them from the bulk barn too. And David's mm-hmm. tea seems good. I haven't heard anything bad about that company. So. I have a personal anecdote that just – so right now the tea I have in my cupboard is from David's Tea. So what, what we did is we started with one of those really big – one of their biggest containers, and we asked them to fill it up. Um, and so that was fine. And then when we when we got it refilled, we noticed that they had to refill their big tub, and I noticed the bag that they were using was one of those like um, – I don't know what the material is. Like it's a cereal big. bag? No, it's like shiny and metal. I don't think it's physically actually made of metal, but it's like got the metallic look to it. 
But yeah. anyway, I know those are not recyclable. and Obviously, they're definitely not compostable. So, And the bag was pretty much as big as the container I needed to fill. Oh. So my husband and I looked at each other, and we both kind of got this sinking feeling that, you know, is this really bulk tea? David's tea is incredible in that they will let you bring your own mm-hmm. container. So I think that's fantastic that they're supporting that. But they don't buy it in, like, huge amounts, to my point, is that they buy them in kind of smaller bags. So... Um, I think we might have to go back to the bulk barn for our tea. Mm-hmm. We need uh, Bea Johnson to write to them because she, I think, was the one who got bulk barn to bring in the bring your own container no program. Way. Is that true? Yeah, I think that's what she was saying when she came on the show. So she, she seems. Came to your show? Yeah, she, we did an episode uh, a few months ago with Bea Johnson. It's called Bea Johnson on tour. And oh my God, you're famous. <laughs> Well, she's famous, so that was so awesome to talk to her. And she's great. And, you know, I I asked her if she wanted to come on the show, and she was like, yes, like, of course, when, like tomorrow (laughs) kind of thing. And I was like, oh, "Oh my gosh. That's so lovely that she made time for that. But, you know, she's very passionate about, like many of us, about this. So any way you can spread the word, that's great. Yeah, she was so good, like just so fast and on it. And she's doing speaking tours. And of course, she's flying all over the world, which is like a bad thing to do for the environment. But it can be offset by the message that she's spreading, which could really save us all. Like I was in the grocery store yesterday, and I just get such a sinking feeling when I see the next two people ahead of me, all their garbage and plastic. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I always compare my grocery cart to other people's now. It's weird. (laughs) Does that make us like rude or is it like it's not like we're saying anything but yeah it's like once you better than me like eavesdropping on their conversation or staring at their messages (laughs) on their phone i'm just like ew so much plastic (laughs) i'm the same way and it just makes me sad and i'm like oh i don't know what to do like i'm doing the podcast but what else can i do (laughs) because we have to do something right people just don't care or know and i i think if people knew they maybe wouldn't be doing it as much i really like to think that because about a year ago i was that person and right? I yeah. did think I was eco-friendly, which is, you know, that's why you're doing the podcast. That's why I've got the Instagram. And doing what you can and spreading the message. And one thing that I need to work on on top of that is <clears throat> using my voice on an industry and governmental level. I need to do that more. But those are kind of the top three things you can do, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and communication is just key, right? So yeah, Instagram is a great place to start. And I think it's a learning process. So you're just like what you said, you think you're doing a great thing and you are, but then that great thing also comes wrapped in like three layers of plastic or something. So then yeah. it's like the next step. Like I think life is just always learning and improving and helping people and, you know, you keep moving and, and improving, right? So Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I joke about judging other people's grocery carts and stuff, <laughs> but I I like to think that we all do the best we can, you know. Either that person doesn't know, or maybe they're short on money, or maybe they're short on time. You know, these all these all play a role, and so you have to come at it as I'm doing the best I can, and I'm always trying to improve. That's kind of my my attitude about this whole lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I learn something from every single person who comes on the show. Like I've learned a lot from you today, and I I learned about the diaper process because I was wondering about that, like how it works, or even if it's true, right? So. Awesome, Mira. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. I really appreciate you uh, responding to my outreach and giving me the chance to chat. It's really great. That was Mira Jane from Toronto. She's better known on Instagram as The Green Mum. 
If you like our show and want to help save the world from all this trash we're consuming, please consider donating to the Zero Waste Countdown. You can become a patron on Podbean. You can find me on Patreon. Or you can donate right on the website, zerowastecountdown.com. And if you're interested in seeing a photo of our guests, you can check us out on Instagram. That's zero underscore waste underscore countdown. And if you want to email me, it's laura at zerowastecountdown.com. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks to all our listeners in America, Canada, Australia, Germany, the UK, and wherever else you may be tuning in from. Together, we're going to change the world. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. (laughs) 